Welcome to River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg. My name is Nolan Bicknell. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, Robert Zerk. On today's show, we'll be talking to Nikki Croft and Jacques LaFrance of Returning to Spirit, a reconciliation program in Winnipeg for both Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. We'll also speak with Cindy Best and Barb Morris of a great program called Grandma and Grandpa Swim, where seniors get to hop in the pool and interact with preschool children ages 3 to 5. And last but not least, Noah Ehrenberg, the convener of Community News Commons, joins us to talk about this week in citizen journalism. All this, some great tunes, and much, much more on today's episode of RC360. Good morning and welcome to River City 360. Nolan and Robert with you here this fine Sunday morning at the corner of Portage and Maine. Robert, how are you doing this morning? Not too bad, Nolan. How are you doing? I'm doing great. A little tired, but uh, I'll survive. Uh, How's your week? Um... A little chilly. Yeah, I think, no kidding. Uh, I think everyone listening can agree. Uh, quite a quite a cold week, but other than that, I would say uh, it was a it was a very good week. It's been good. Yeah, um, both you and I attended uh, a pretty cool event this earlier this week, which was the annual report launch for the Winnipeg Foundation. Uh, we got to speak with a lot of their guests and donors and and uh, agencies there, uh, but they made a few a few big announcements, and and one of them was that. There's a record granting year. Is that is that right? Absolutely. Um, last year, or, or I should say, 2014, was also a record year for the Winnipeg Foundation. And this year, they topped that by almost five million dollars. So the total amount uh, that the foundation granted to our community was 27.7 million dollars, which huge. is which is incredible. That's so awesome. That and money it, can go a long way in helping a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, in fact, 900 different charitable organizations um, were supported by that uh, $27.7 million. So it, it really goes to show, and in all different areas as well, everything from arts and culture to heritage to community service to recreation. So those were some of the big announcements. Some and of the then, numbers, yeah. And then um, if you haven't had a chance to check out the Winnipeg Foundation's annual report uh, in the past, so not only does it have those highlights, but it also has some uh, success stories from both donors and uh, charitable organizations who've done a lot to help make our community a better place. And uh, Nolan, I understand you uh, had the chance to speak with uh, a couple of the uh, organization's yeah. Um, well, I was very privileged in the report. Yeah, I was very privileged to speak with um, Nikki Croft, which is the co-director of Returning to Spirit. Now, Returning to Spirit is is a program put on to sort of, I mean, in the news nowadays is all about talking about the Truth and Re- Reconciliation Commission and and what what we can do as a society to sort of move forward on those issues. And one of the ways that people are moving forward is through the Returning to Spirit program. Now, uh, and Nikki is the co-director, as I mentioned earlier, and she told us all about Returning to Spirit and exactly how the program hopes to heal the wounds caused, at least in part, by uh, the residential schools of our past. Returning to Spirit is an Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal partnership that runs reconciliation um, workshops between Aboriginals and non-Aboriginals. And it's really unique in three ways. Um, One is that there's a belief that you can't reconcile with the other unless you first reconcile from within. It's also really unique in... um, in the skills and the tools that it gives people 
um, to both restore their spirit, like the essential authentic power we all have, but also to live daily in a, in a state of kind of collaboration and possibility. So, for example, some of the tools that it teaches are how do you come to terms with your story and then let it go, put it aside? Um, how can you be in conversation and communication um, with a real focus on understanding the other and listening compassionately? Um, and the third skill that it teaches on a daily basis is how we can make positive choices every day in, in the words that we choose to share with other people and in terms of the actions that we take. And then, and then finally, it's really unique in that it doesn't make just a short-term impact in terms of life possibility and transformation. It's long-term because it's giving you these tools to work, work with. And that's one of the reasons why I found it transformational because I, I use it. it doesn't, it's not just for Aboriginal, non-Aboriginal. <laughs> it's for male, female. It's for, you know, Christian, Muslim. It's for, it's for the world. What, what has been some of the response that you've seen of people who have gone through the program and, and what have they told you of how it affected them? Well, what, I'm non, I, non-Aboriginal. Um, I, I do have some Mohawk ancestry from generations ago, but I, I totally identify as a non-Aboriginal. And the profound impact that it had on me in talking when I got to the reconciliation workshop, so it's the Aboriginal, non-Aboriginal, separate, and then we come together in reconciliation. I mean, you're, you're just crying when you hear the stories uh, from all, all generations, not just the, the, uh, the, the direct residential school survivors, but what's happened in the communities. And the exactly, exactly. So it's, yeah, in terms of transformation, it's you're seeing people let go of just horrible pain, you know, um, you know, losing losing your whole identity language family everything right we all know about that right we all know that 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 happened but when you ha- you're on one on one and you hear um, about it it's really really profound but it also opens up non-aboriginals to identify with their their pain be it you know, the racism that they heard or that they absorbed, or else it's another loss or pain or deep scar that they may have. The whole focus is on um, being compassionate to shared humanity. Because at the end of the day, we're all the same, really. Exactly. When it comes to- <laughs> exactly. Um, what, what would you say to some of our listeners who are sort of They've, they've heard the term reconciliation, they've heard the Truth and Reconciliation Commission report, but they don't know how they can, what, what they can do personally. So what would you say to someone like that? Yeah. The, the reconciliation um, is always, uh, the Truth and Reconciliation Commission often talks about the reconciliation between Aboriginals and non-Aboriginals, and that's a huge, a huge need. Um, and... Uh, but one of the other the other things that um, can be considered is how do you reconcile within yourself in terms of your own fear, resentment, stereotypes, um, 
if we're talking, I'm not sure if I'm talking directly to more a non-Aboriginal audience, but how can you reconcile your ideas and perceptions within yourself before you move into a conversation with, with Aboriginals? And in the case of like reconciliation um, broadly, uh, it's really getting to that space of shared humanity. It's, it's about people looking into each other's eyes and saying, you know what, you're human too. So uh, where can our listeners go to find out more about Returning to Spirit? The website is www.returningtospirit.org. That's great. Well, thank you very much, Nikki Croft, uh, co-director of Returning to Spirit. Thank you. Thanks, Nolan. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from Jacques LaFrance, a certified trainer for Returning to Spirit, and he'll tell us all about the specifics of what someone goes through when they participate in the program. But first, I think, uh, Nolan, you and I would agree that we could use some some warmer temperatures out there. Always. So here's Dean Martin to bring us June and January right here on River City 360.
Welcome back to RC360. Uh, before the break, we heard from the co-director of Returning to Spirit, a program that teaches reconciliation to both Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal people. Uh, Jacques Lafrance is a sh- certified trainer for the program, and we talked to him about the program and exactly what happens in these intense sessions. How did you get involved with, re- re- with Returning to Spirit? Yeah. Well, for me, it's inter- my route, the route that I, how I got in there is in, in a way interesting because it's not necessarily the way that that many others did. For me, it was less an awareness about the original non-aboriginal conversation that needed to happen, but it was something something personal that I was kind of going through. So I went to the workshop really for personal development for myself. But after I'd gone through the workshop, the first workshop, which is really all about, you know, about discovering about where you're not reconciled within yourself, yourself, others, life, and really to look at that intensively within yourself, right? But then I went to reconciliation, to the reconciliation workshop, where at that time then we have an opportunity to be able to meet with Aboriginal people one-on-one. And then I really discovered the whole, the, the, you know, the, the, the treasure of, of this program of Return to Spirit and really found out, like, I mean, in a very deep way about, uh, you know, the divide, for one thing, about the struggles that we have, Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal, but to be able to, that coming together on an equal footing, and to be able to express what was there for me and to be able for the, an Aboriginal person to, that we could sit one in front of the other and he could express or she could express what was there for her. That created a, you know, a real big, huge transformation in my own personal life. So that connection is probably something that you don't, you know, such a connection you can't make with another human being based on such a profound and important you know, situation in our, in our history. Like, how do you feel when you're going through that and, and what, what did you sort of take away from that program? Well, the big thing, I mean, one in the program itself, in the return, in the in the reconciliation uh, uh, workshop that we do, we take the time to start to look and see what's the pain for us about, you know, about the legacy of, of Indian residential schools. So we'll be able to, on the non on the non-Aboriginal side, we look at that, and then on the Aboriginal side, they look at that. Maybe in a way, it's, it seems to be easier for them to be able to kind of get in touch with the pain that's there because they've have lived with the effects of that. But on a non-Aboriginal side, oftentimes we don't even know what the pain is. We don't even know, we didn't even know that this this school existed. But then there is a pain about that to realize that also. And for me, my biggest pain was to start to understand that it's my race, my culture here, where we thought that we were so much superior that we could impose our own way on on a race, on people, thinking that our sister, our way was better than theirs. I mean, that's, you know, and to be able to recognize that and, and you know, to really get that and to be able to express that to an, an Aboriginal person, you know, and then it started to, whatever was, you know, that's the, 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 the power of the work is to be able to express the deepest, like, the, the thing that would separate us is being able to express it, you know. So, uh, and to be able to hear the stories that, that Aboriginal people, you know, uh, openly said to me, you know, about what happened to them and their own pain, you know, was very transformational. And I work with Aboriginal people now in this program. And, uh, you know, I've grown so tremendously through this partnership. You know? Why do you think this style of reconciliation is working? as opposed to sort of maybe things that have that we've tried in the past or, or whatever sort of reparations in the past. Why do you think that this sort of connection and this profound, you know, face-to-face really putting everything out on the table, why does that work? And, and why didn't it work doing it a different way? Well, 
you know, like reconciliation, the word itself, right? It's become like almost like a buzzword. We don't really fully understand what that means. And we talk about truth and reconciliation. And now we're hearing more about, but what does it really mean? So we, we kind of, it's, and, it, and, it, and it's at different levels, right? We can talk about reconciliation, about, uh, you know, repairing the wrongs and stuff and being able to say, uh, I'm sorry, on a national level or whatnot. So that's on one level. But there's still something missing there, right? And it's to be able to kind of, you know, to, to start to go at a deeper, much deeper level. And that's what RTS allows one to do, is to be able to start to look inside and to start looking, wait a minute here, you know, like to see, well, where am I not reconciled with me, with others, with life? To look at that on a personal level and to take responsibility for what's there for me rather than blaming or saying, well, it's because of this, of that, outside. So, and then abor and an Aboriginal person does exactly the same thing on the other side. So that, for sure, that's what makes it possible that we can meet as equals, understanding that we're, we're human beings, that's all we are, and we can really meet at that level, you know, so. I think when you said per when it's personal, like that's the most important part because, and you mentioned before that each person kind of has a different path that they need to go down to reach that level of, of reconciliation. So why is it important to, um, to really tailor, it's probably not just a cookie cutter, here's the solution, so now it'll work for you, 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 and you, right? Why is it important to uh, have a personal sort of touch for each, each person going through the program? Well, um, yeah, yeah, if I can talk about in the first workshop, you know, like when people come. So it's really, we're not telling people what to do. We're not, as you say, we're not giving the answer, not at all. It's a process that people, that we, we, uh, we give people, like step-by-step -step process, that people start to engage and start to look within to be able to see, well, so what's there for me? What's the stuck? What's stuck for me? Where where am I struggling or whatever? And then what do I need to kind of cross through to be able to get that? So we every there could be 20 participants there, and everybody's gonna follow their own, you know, the truth that's inside, just to kind of unveil that or be able to look and see where they're stuck, and to be able to start to create space where you can your true person can start to emerge. And, and it's you know, different for everyone. It's different for everyone, definitely. Yeah. So what would you say to our listeners who maybe want to get involved or go through this process, or how can, how can, they, how can they get involved? Yeah. Well, you know, I've been in Winnipeg. There's so, much, so many things that are happening now, right? I mean, much more. There's a, a, a new conversation is starting to happen, right? Between, like, we're hearing it more in the news. We're, there's little groups that are starting to, to happen. There's uh, people that are going out to help out on Main Street. So all kinds of different ways, right? So of being able to start to create reconciliation and to live it out, you know. And it, so reconcil uh, RTS, Return to Spirit, is a possibility of you going deeper with it. You know, became making it personal, to be able to start to look and see, hey, you know, why can't I, could I start to look and maybe see where the, there are blockages within me that are started kind of creating a blockage between the relationship of original and non-aboriginal? And then, so if I want, if I'm willing, open to be able to start to look at that, and I want to start creating new relationships and real relationships with Aboriginal people, well, there's the opportunity. <laughs> Jump in. <laughs> well, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Nolan. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks, Nolan. If you'd like to find out more information about Returning to Spirit, you can visit their website. The address is returningtospirit.com. Dot org. Again, that's returning to spirit, all one word, dot O-R-G. Coming up after the break, we'll hear from Cindy Best and Barb Morris of Grandma and Grandpa Swim, a fantastic program that's bringing preschoolers together with seniors once a week for a wonderful day at the pool. On my word. 
Seniors Coordinator of the Grandma Grandma Program. My name is Cindy Best and I am the grant I, facilitator. I facilitator. So uh, for our listeners who may not have heard about this, tell us about just the sort of the 30-second elevator pitch of what what this program is and what it does. Okay, this is a, uh, a union between seniors and uh, three to five-year-olds and they come together once a week. They go in the water. It's a water orientation program um, and they do it for we do it year-round except for the summer. So we're a three-season group kind of thing. And the volunteers come 10, ten weeks at a, at a go. So it's 30 times a year is basically what we're doing. And uh, it's good for the seniors. It's good for the kids. So. And how long has this program been, been in action? This program's been running now 33 years and counting. And uh, it's getting bigger. And people are coming asking us if they can join the program, but I'm... We can only have so many volunteers. <laughs> so we now have about 40, 40 to 50 kids come a week. So it's a, it's, it's a good mix of senior and, and children. Does it get pretty chaotic in there ever? Oh, yeah. Lots of, lots of laughter, lots of smiles, lots of splashing. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes we have to reprimand the seniors. but Those are the ones that need that stern talking to, hey? Uh, so, Cindy, what has been some of the response that you've seen from people in the program and, and from the kids even, too? 
Well, normally at the beginning of the program, say in September, when we get the, we call them the newbies. That would be the new children. So they would be the three-year-olds, and they. They like the idea of coming swimming, but they're not sure of who they're going to get paired up with. So lots of times they'll come in, and they'll be the shy ones, and they're at the back of the line rather than the front. And some of them have never been swimming before, so they'll sit at the side of the pool and maybe have a few tears because they're scared and whatever else. And it's cold, but you know what? By week number five or six, oh, they're just running out there on the deck looking for a grandma and grandpa. doesn't matter which one. And they want to jump in that water and splash around in place. So it's nice to see, too, because when they first come in, you know, they're reserved and maybe not big smiles and not sure who are these strangers because some of them have had lots of strangers in their lives. But near the end of the program, they've come and sit down beside you. They want to talk with you. They give you a big hug. They, it's really nice to see the smiles on their faces. Fantastic program. Um, why is something like this important for the kids and for, for the grandmas and grandpas? Well, some of these children are in daycare five days a week. And it's every day the same old, same old. So when it comes to Tuesday, they call it Grandma Grandpa Day. Is it Grandma Grandpa Day? No, no, no. But they know when it is. And it gives, eventually, some of them don't have the grandpa. They don't have a grandma. Some of them don't have that extra person in their lives. I, I didn't have any when I was growing up. I didn't have any grandparents in my life. So for them, they connect. And some, a lot of times, those kids will look for that same grandma or that same grandpa and vice versa. Sometimes the seniors are also looking for their favorites too, sort of. So um, they just work um, off each other, sort of. And uh, yeah, we see a real good connection between them. I agree with that. That's, yeah, 100%. And we, we also have some children with disabilities. So some of them may have trouble walking and they need to use walkers. And they don't miss out. They get in the pool oh, just yeah. the same. And water is water and splashing is splashing. So, yeah. Yeah, we have, uh, we've had uh, kids that are uh, vision impaired, uh, um, cerebral palsy. We've had all, just a, all, all different any kind of illness, even like the hyper kids, and sometimes those ones have to be disciplined a little bit so that they don't get too wild. But I was one of those, I think. Yeah, because some of our seniors get they they, they bruise, <laughs> so we have to we have to watch out. It's it's water safety on both sides of the side of the coin, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and is it the same like when you're three, you're in it for three years, or is it? They could be. Yeah, they could be um, up until they start to school. If they're in daycare, they they can come. That's that's their break of the week. Some of those children though are foster children so you know depending on which family they're with they could be with us for the first 10 10 week session and then we and then we don't see them again so but for the ones that are in permanent homes yeah we will get them from three till if they're an afternoon um if they're an afternoon uh, kindergarten then we'll get them till they're in kindergarten yeah um, so for our listeners, we're the Nostalgia Radio Station. Um, some of them may want to volunteer. This sounds like a pretty fun thing. Is that doable? Can they contact you? Where do where can people go for more information about this program? Well, they can contact the pool. We work out of North Centennial Pool. Um, there is a seniors uh, association there. Uh, if they just came to the pool and said they were interested, uh, they do have to go through a criminal check, as most all 
any 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 organization you have to do nowadays um and that's just about it so if it's a fit and it works we're happy to have new volunteers definitely well thank you very much barb and cindy for uh, taking the time to talk to us today thank you The story of Grandma and Grandpa Swim was also featured in the Winnipeg Foundation's annual report, and you can read all about it at www.wpgfdn.org. Coming up after the break, we'll be joined by Noah Ehrenberg, convener of Community News Commons, for his weekly update on what's going on in Winnipeg through the lens of CNC. But first, here's With a Song in My Heart by the National Pops with Charles Gerhardt, right here on River City 360. River City 360. Nolan and Robert here with you this morning, and we are now joined in studio by Noah Ehrenberg. He's the convener of Community News Commons and a great friend of River City 360. Noah, thanks for joining us. 
Uh, it's great to be here. So every week we like to ask you to come in and tell us a little bit about what's happening in Winnipeg through the lens of citizen journalists. Uh, what have you got for us this week? Well, I'd like to start with a story by Heather Emberley, who's been a citizen reporter since we started this project back in 2012. And if uh, our listeners, I think, will be interested in an article that she wrote this week called Building Community is a Winnipeg Thing. And essentially, Heather kind of outlines some of the events that are coming up in our community that do just that, build community. And one, I think, which is of particular interest to our listening audience has to do with a a project that is being called that's called the redirection work and later life career development project and so okay, um, for for the uh, seniors of our of our yeah exactly that 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 essentially that um uh, retirement sort of the mandatory retirement at age 65 is becoming you know passé yeah. and more and more seniors uh, are needing or want to work longer and then, um, of course, longevity is playing a key factor in this reimagining of what retirement means. And so Heather uh, talks about this particular um, uh, project that's going on. And essentially, um, it invites um, the, the project invites people to participate in a new study, sort of an online study. And okay. so uh, people can find out all the details about that and about some of the ways in which um, seniors and uh, people over the age of 50 are um, reimagining what uh, life at that stage of life is all huh. about. And um, I think our listeners would be, uh, would be interested in, uh, in checking that out. The other um, uh, item, uh, or there's a few other items that uh, Heather talks about in this uh, story about events that are coming up. And uh, there is a, um, a particular um, uh, fundraising um, concert going on at the Canadian Museum for Human Rights in April, April oh, the fourth, yeah. and it's in support of the Phoenix Sinclair Found, uh, Phoenix Sinclair Foundation, that were in particular the Phoenix Sinclair Little Stars Playhouse, uh, which is a project that uh, is about sixty percent funded to this point. It's a one point two million dollar project, and uh, there's just I guess just about four hundred thousand dollars left to raise, and so um, our listeners can. Um, can check out that story and check out uh, all the um, events that Heather has talked about Great. that essentially build community. Right on. Mm-hmm. Uh, earlier in the in the show, we heard from two um, proponents and uh, and one of the facilitators of the Returning to Spear program, oh, which yes. is which which deals with reconciliation here mm-hmm. in Winnipeg. And I understand uh, one of the stories on CNC touched on on how uh, teachers can help with reconciliation in, in Winnipeg. Yeah, it's a story by Joan Suzuki, who happens to be a teacher in Winnipeg and uh, and is also um, a, a citizen reporter that uh, writes uh, several stories on community news commons on a regular basis. And Joan is uh, not just a teacher, but she is a new uh, executive member of the Council for Aboriginal Education in Manitoba, which is soon to be officially renamed uh, Indigenous Education. And um, Mm -hmm. Joan talks about the perspective of being an educator and how important it is for uh, educators in our province to begin to look at uh, some of the recommendations of the TRC and to really incorporate them into the way they can um, development and implement sort of kindergarten to grade 12 curriculum yeah. uh, that really looks at Aboriginal peoples and Canadian history in a whole different way than what we've been used to and about sharing that information and some of the best practices um, as well as a few other things such as building you know some capacity student capacity and you know intercultural mm-hmm. understanding empathy mutual respect these are really important concepts that educators can start to incorporate into their profession and so Joan Suzuki herself a teacher 
uh, writes about this on communitynewscommons.org, and I think our listeners would be uh, really interested in reading her story called TRC Action, a Focusing Exercise. It's really interesting to have all sorts of different uh, mind or uh, different experiences coming together and writing for CNC. You know, having a teacher with, with that sort of a background can really speak to the nuance of something that's as complicated and, and, and nuanced as the TRC and, and what we should do moving forward with that. It, exactly, and it's the beauty of Community News Commons in that essentially anyone can be a citizen reporter and anyone can write for uh, Community News Commons and it's amazing you know when you open the door like that uh, there are people who know a lot of things about yeah. uh, about our community and about what goes on here, and it's great to be able to provide the editorial help for them to publish their stories on communitynewscommons.org. Anyone can be a reporter because anyone. everyone is a journalist nowadays, right? You got yourself <laughs> for sure. Sean Penn, he's a journalist <laughs> yeah. too. Look at him. <laughs> Good or bad. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so at the end of our, seg- our, of our time together, I'd like to ask you to bring us a local song for, for our listeners to listen to. Uh, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, this week I have a, I'm going to focus on a group called Roger Roger. Oh, yeah, I've heard of them. Yeah, they're a sibling folk roots duo, the songwriter twins of Lucas and Madeline Roger. And they are set to uh, kick off the year with the launch of their debut album called Fairweather, uh, which is happening tonight at the West End Cultural Center. Oh, cool. Uh, they are bringing along some friends, Carly Dow and Crooked Brothers Jesse Matus. And uh, after they release that album tonight, they're going to hit the road for a Western Canadian tour, including a stop at Medicine Hat's Tongue on the Post Music Festival oh, cool. uh, before returning home for a spot at the Festival de Voyageurs on February the 13th. So you uh, keep a, an eye open for them. If you can get to the West End Cultural Center tonight for their the debut album release, that would be awesome. Uh, or just catch them at the festival on February the 13th. So um, I'd like to feature from their album, Fairweather. This is Roger Roger with their song, 13 Crows, on River City 360, CGNU 93.7 FM. Time when- 
That's a wrap on this week's episode of River City 360. If you'd like to hear more views and news from around Winnipeg, listen to any of our past episodes, or subscribe to our podcast, visit our website at rivercity360.org. Again, that's rivercity360.org. River City 360, views and news from around Winnipeg, is a project of the Winnipeg Foundation in partnership with Community News Commons and CJNU 93.7 FM. And we'd love to hear your feedback about the show, or if you have any story ideas, or even if you'd like to request a song. Call our listener line at 204-944-9474, extension 360. Again, that's 204-944-9474, extension 360. I'm Nolan Bicknell, signing off for River City 360. And I'm Robert Zirk. Thank you again so much for listening, and we'll see you next week at 8.15 in the morning. Have a great Sunday.